This episode was brought to you by Canna Comforts. Canna Comforts was formed to help those in need of an all-natural but effective alternative to prescription drugs. Canna Comforts heals your mind, body, and soul with the finest all-natural products on earth. Be sure you check out the description box for a link to their website and also use code DIARY25 to get 25% off your order. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another great episode of Diary of a Mad Black Man. My name is Blake, your host, and I am really excited. I'm just so blessed and fortunate to be doing this episode with you all right now. Well, for you. I'm not really doing it with you all, but you know, y'all my audience. I love y'all. I really love everybody that listens to my podcast. But this episode here is truly an honor to be doing. I, I feel very fortunate to be doing this i have been knowing my best friend for over 13 years now we met back in high school in show choir and through the ups and downs of managing our friendship and becoming adults and uh, dealing with just life in general we have maintained a bond and that bond has only gotten stronger as time has gone on this episode is really um just a, a small snippet of what our relationship is at this point in time in full honesty and transparency as i always do on my podcast uh when i really first started to go down a deep and dark path with my mental health and just my outlook on life and how i viewed myself she was living in san antonio at the time i was living in atlanta i had resigned from my teacher job and I didn't know what I was going to do. I was really just lost. I was really depressed. I was battling suicidal thoughts. And she was somebody who was there literally sitting by my side at moments during at moments during my life when I know that there was nobody else that could have potentially done what she has done for me. She opened her home, she opened her life, she opened and gave me just space to exist and be as I was. And before this podcast even started, um, I moved to Texas and we even talked about doing a podcast together and we have bought mics and stuff like that and just how supportive she was of doing this together at one point. And who's to say that, you know, we may not do more in the future because I'm pretty sure that we will. Yet, doing this episode with her is truly special to me. And, Bestie, I know you're listening. I love you so much. For those of y'all listening, unfortunately, you'll never really truly understand what this person means to me, what Bianca means to me, um, how she's been there for me in some of my darkest moments, and even some of the happiest moments that I've had. You know, even recently with starting my own company and my podcast is doing exceptionally well and it's going to the next level and all these opportunities are coming on my plate. She's one of those people who was there back in the day who's still a part of my life now and moving forward, she's always going to be here and have her place in my life. So, this episode is also part of a series um, called Friendships and Adulting, Adulting, where I'll be talking with some of my friends that I know. And we'll be kind of unpacking how we maintain 
our friendship as well as defining what friendship means sharing some of our experiences of how we've been able to do that and be an adult as well for those of you listening you know that being an adult is not easy at all they lied to us they lied to us as kids telling us that it was all gonna be good and i was so thirsty and happy to become grown and i can't wait till i get grown and get my own place no it's a lie it's false this is ghetto and i don't want to be here but (laughs) it's all good you know um so this episode is really just about our friendship we talk about so many different things and i'm not even going to go into that stuff in the intro right now because i'm just let you all listen to it but um to my number one special best friend thank you so much for just being in my life for being a beacon of light in my life for giving me balance for having so many great memories so many great times and truly we have evolved and well truth be told she my cousin, y'all. <laughs> I found we found that out recently, so that's a whole other episode. But um, yeah, because um, that's like real life. Like she's like real life, my cousin. But anywho, that's a whole other conversation. Like I said, so um, I hope you all enjoy this episode. Be sure you check the description box if this is your first time listening. Um, I don't even know if I said my name is Blake at the beginning because I'm just so hyped to talk about my best friend and release this episode. But anywho, y'all know what to do. This is True Diary Fashion, another great episode of Diary of a Mad Black Man. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for supporting my journey. And we're going to get right into this amazing episode now. So I'm going to stop talking and give you guys the meat and potatoes of this show. Thank you, my friend. All right, what's up, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, we're going to dive right into today's episode. So... I have someone special here, very special guest. This is the first episode I have recorded for this series. Um, to be honest, in this moment, as you all know how I am on podcast, I'm not sure when this will come out, but today is Saturday, um, August the 8th. Um, it is 7.47 p.m., and I am sitting with my bestie for the resty of my life. And we're going to talk about our friendship and adulting, um, a part of this series, as you all know. Um, this series is about talking about what true friendship is and lifelong friendship. You all got enough of that stuff in the intro. So let's go ahead and dive right in. So Bestie, go ahead and introduce yourself. Let them know who you are. Hello, everybody. Um, I am the baddest. No, all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm Bianca. I go by Bianca Ray, B Ray, a lot of different aliases. Uh, some of you that know us personally back in the day, I was what? I'm Diva Miss B. <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm one of Blake, or I don't know if I'm your longest best friend or not, but mm. you're one of my longest. Yeah. I have three longest best friends. Yeah, we net. When did we. We so. So that's part of the episode. We're going to get into all that, y'all. So this is yeah. definitely. We, fuck this. I mean. First of all, we can't curse, so if you want to curse, be go ahead and say what you got to say, because I know I'm not going to have a few cuss words. You'd rather not? Okay. I'm going to try and keep it clean, but I know I just let one kind of slip out. But anyway, um, so before we get into like how long we've been best friends and how long we've been knowing each other, um, I really want to kind of paint a picture of who you are for the people, because I mean, I know you, but everybody else may not know you. So um, let's start with um, how did you grow up? Tell us about your childhood. Uh, I grew up in Springfield, Illinois. I'm one of eight siblings. Um, my dad was a full-time parent. He worked for the fire department full-time. My mom was a homemaker. So I grew up around my mom, my brothers and sisters, 24-7. And so let me tell you about it. I still love my space. I cannot see my family 
as much as I want to, but I like being around people. I like to be far away. Uh, went to private school my whole life. I live kind of a sheltered life, if that makes a sense. I don't know if that's something you want to. T- you did live a sheltered life. You did okay, live a sheltered I life. did live in a sheltered life, but we'll get on to later as to why, you know, things changed. But um, pretty much did sports, did a normal American thing, you know, kids going to school, doing sports, having fun. Mom and dad, sense. brothers and sisters, big household, yeah. yeah. Um, so, what? Okay, so this is gonna be be a good thing to bring up for now. Uh, what made you transition from public from private school to public school? Okay, well, what happened was <laughs> what had happened nothing was nothing. <laughs> <laughs> nothing on my part. Uh, so I went to a high school uh, called Ursuline Academy. They're a private Catholic high school. There's about, there were five locations in the U.S. Now there's only three currently open. The one I went to in Springfield, Illinois, was the only co-ed school. Due to low enrollment, uh, we didn't meet the enrollment numbers we needed for me to graduate my senior year. This is junior year. We got news letting us know, like, hey, guys, we didn't reach our numbers, and the school is shutting down. So you can imagine any high school, your dreams are smashed. Like I had plans for senior year. I had plans to complete so many, you know, things and had plans with my best friends, like what we're going to do at that point, like seniors next year. So I had the option of going to the other Catholic school, Sacred Heart Griffin, which I said, no. Uh, There's another backstory behind that, but your audience doesn't really need to know that. Uh, (laughs) I mean, it's just I grew up with those kids at that school, and they didn't, weren't too fond of me of being a child of a mixed race. Listen, an- another conversation, <laughs> another conversation. We exactly, focus on friendships exactly. and adulting in this one. Exactly. So, um, other than that, uh, so I had the option to choose, and my mom didn't really want me to go to public school, but I pleaded to her and my father, like, if I go, it's only for a half a year. I have enough credit hours. Let me just go. So. I in the district of our high school, Southeast High School, and that's how I got there. So you love to tell the story. So let me let me pause and say this. So I actually came to Southeast. I think the same. No, it was like a semester before you, because I came to Southeast. I moved to Springfield, like second semester, sophomore year. Moved back to Memphis. That fall semester of junior year and then I actually moved back during that semester but I don't think I, I really started back school till second semester of junior year a lot of people don't know like I was slick almost not about to graduate because of the attendance requirement um, because I had missed so many days in college I mean not in college in high school um, due to my personal life circumstances that I was going through but that was before our friendship so we're not gonna get into that that's another episode I talked about it mm-hmm. a little bit on the podcast but um let's, let's get into how we met because I think how we met has a lot to do with how we're still connected to this day so you're you're you love to tell this story I do too you I love really to do, tell it so go ahead and tell I, the people how I we met do. As we've gotten older, there's pieces I missed, so you can fill in the blanks. There's my side, your side. Oh, trust me. I'm going to chime in. I'm going to let you go ahead and get it started, though. <laughs> so I attended my very first high school party at this new high school. 
Pause. Pause. You already started off on a bad note because this wasn't just no high school party. It was the winter party. Of it was winter the break. winter party of winter okay, break. Okay, it was a winter break, and there's a snowstorm outside. Huge snowstorm, like Huge big snowstorm. two inches of ice covering the ground. To the point that I actually linked to my older sister. It's like, hey, like we have to go to this party. We have to. It's the it party. I've not to any parties with the school yet. You know, I want people to know who I am. But it wasn't just our high school at this party. It That's when we, yeah. Old, multiple high schools at this party. Yeah, exactly. So I went, my sister drove us there. We almost slid into three ditches on the way there. Mm. I was with my girl, Sapphire. All ready to go party. So we're at the party, you know, typical things you do at high school parties. And I went to go look for my friend Sapphire and some dude's trying to talk to her. And I'm like, "Uh uh-uh, what is going on here? And this person so happens to be who? It was me. It was me. So I grabbed him off of her. Like, I guess he was sitting on a chair next to something she was sitting on or a bed. I grabbed him off of her, away from her, and threw him into the drywall. <laughs> See, you already didn't tell the story right, so I'm going to go ahead and tell you my version because it's not really how it happened. Go ahead. So, first of all, this is when I was living with uh, my friend and his family so i had already moved out of my grandma's house and we were living in this big house they had like seven eight bedrooms basement jacuzzi pool all that fun stuff so this huge house party is going down um i'm not even gonna stunt i was drunk af at this party and i rem- vividly remember trying to talk to your friend and i don't think i'm trying to like holler at her but i think we were just talking because i again i was drunk as i was drunk as shit don't really remember exactly what was going down yeah, it could have been my uh shelteredness not knowing what was going on yeah because you was i think he was kind of lit too um but at the same time next thing i know this girl just grabbed me and slammed me into the wall and i'm like should i whoop her ass in this moment because i don't know her she don't know me but she just threw me into this wall very aggressively and i also kind of knew saf i knew sapphire more than i knew you mm-hmm. and so i don't think you knew that i already knew sapphire and it was just like it kind of caused a bit of a commotion. Yes. And so this was it caused a bit of a scene, I guess you could say, a small scene at the party. Um, but after that, I think is when you joined Show Choir. Shortly after that. Yes. Yeah, and, and that's when I was like, "That's the that chick. Girl. That's the chick that slammed me into the wall the other day." Like, and so we ended up being um, so from that for, so from that moment. I would say probably with over the next two weeks is when, no, because when school started back is when I found out that you were in show choir. That's when we met. And we ended up being dance partners. Mm-hmm. And what, what was that song? Um, it was the Rihanna song, uh, Umbrella. Umbrella. Umbrella, yeah. We had a little, we were dance partners for that song. So that's also, so that was the start of our friendship. Um, I think that for, for me, one of the things that, really kind of solidified us being close was just how much we just kind of had these free spirits. Yes. Even though you were very sheltered, I kind of, I'm not going to say I was a... You were intrigued. I was very intrigued by you because I was just like, who is this girl? And you were just like... Hi, I'm Bianca. Uh-huh. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, she she was absolutely beautiful, gorgeous, and I was just like... 
Hmm. Let's just see where this goes. You know, I don't think it was a. It was. It definitely wasn't a flirtatious like. Oh, I want to get to know her. It was just like, yo, she cool as shit. Like, mm-hmm. we. I think we bonded over over drinking as well. Um, which like most high school kids. Well, I don't know about this generation now, but I know at, for us at that time, drinking was kind of a. Kind of a it big. Like, it was. It was. Thing. It was a big deal. It was a big deal. Um, but anywho, so that's how we met. High school, senior year, and then we went. Of course, we were in show choir together. Um, before we go into the next topic that I want to talk about with you, tell us how you tell me about your show choir career because yours was a little bit different than mine. Um, to be keeping a buck with y'all, I just joined show choir because some people that I was hanging out with convinced me to do it. And I could hit this one note in this one song that they couldn't find nobody else to do. And <laughs> and they told me I could go to Disney World free. So I was like, okay, whatever. I'll join show choir. But you have a different history in show choir. So tell us about that. Yes, I do. I have a, well, all of my high school career, I was in show choir. From my first high school, Urson Academy, I joined show choir because because in the past, the year before, my brother was in show choir for almost the similar reasons as you. Mm. There's a bunch of pretty girls in show choir, and him and his guys were like, hey, because we should take this. We just need one more credit or two credits for this class. So they both enrolled, and once I saw my brother in show choir, because I used to be a very, very shy individual. I was scared to dance, and I was previously in choir, but I was still scared to sing solos, etc. So that kind of started my career into it. Uh, I actually was pretty damn good. I really was. I was outstanding performer for three years of my four-year career. I won multiple competitions. Wow, too much truly drinking over here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I was actually, I made dance captain and choreographer my sophomore year, which I was the youngest at my high school to ever be that young to be a dance captain or choreographer for a show choir. Mm-hmm. Um, I still, you know, show choir was a big thing for me. I was very involved in the community. And you even recognize that too. When we went to competitions, people from other school came up and spoke to me mm-hmm. from out of state, stuff like that. Cause I remember who I was. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's I really still love show choir. <laughs> I yeah, do. I do too. Like, um, I mean, so, like dancing, singing and stuff is something I kind of, I never really saw myself doing like as a hobby or something I never really interested in. Um, but it was, I'm glad I had that experience. And um, now that I'm in a space, where I'm kind of like unpacking things I've experienced. I'll be probably looking at it more. But um, now let's talk about like how you, I want to ask you a question. When did you know that we were really best friends? When I think there was a time in high school, there was a guy interested in me and I was interested in him, but I had no one to talk to about it because I was scared for someone else's opinion. Mm -hmm. And I reached out to you because Mm -hmm. I felt safe enough to tell you how I was feeling about this individual, who he was. You were at the school longer, so you would know information and things about that i wasn't really close to my mom or any of my older sisters to talk about guys so blake was there and he was there to listen and give me good advice that did i take no but that's a whole other conversation (laughs) (laughs) 
But I felt like that was, I mean, that's where I felt to like, okay, like he listened to me. He didn't tell me what I should do. You gave a suggestion. You mm-hmm. listen. And then I think there's a moment of time too that like I don't want to talk to once again and I could cry and be around you without any judgment. Because mm-hmm. I felt like I always had to put on a strong mentality, like nothing ever hurt me, but I could be my true vulnerable self around you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that in the beginning of our relationship, that was something that I appreciated about you, which is that you just accepted me for who I was, allowed me to be as I am, and we could just, I could just be really, just be myself around you. I could let my guard down around you. And I know that the time we spent in Disney really kind of helped our bond. And I think yes. that that's also around the time people thought that we were actually in a relationship. Oh and, my god! And that really, that really it. kicked off when we got to college, like because college didn't nobody know, and college was like a whole different ball game. Yeah, Disney made it like that. Prom made it like that. Prom, yeah, we went to prom together, y'all. We had that orange, you had that orange dress on. And wait, hold on. So let me. I don't think I told anybody this. I didn't. I never asked a girl to prom. Both people that went to prom with me asked me. Yeah, I and the funny backstory <laughs> is why I asked Blake. It's funny. <laughs> there was two other guys asking me to prom. I didn't want to go with them, so I already lied to them and said I already have a date. Then I like, hey Blake, like, are you going to prom with anybody? Like, we should go together. <laughs> and he's like, okay, sure. Like that's how it happened because I honestly didn't want to go with them, but I also knew I was going to have a good and safe experience with Blake mm-hmm. versus. Any other guy that may have been interested in me, but I didn't know them as much as well as I knew Blake. Like I wasn't very trusting. Yeah. So. Yeah, and, and I know for me, I remember when you asked me, I was like, cause I, it was around the time you know prom was coming up, and honestly, I was like, yeah, I'm probably not even gonna go. Like I don't care about wearing a tug, getting dressed up, and all that mm-hmm. shit. But then when you asked me, I'm like, yo, this is one of the most. And and at this time, this is the beginning of our relationship, um, friendship, whatever you. Well, at, the, at this point, we family. We're going to get to that part. Mm-hmm. But um, I was like, yo, one of the most pretty girls in my high school just asked me to prom. And, and let me put this out there. I don't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. Was I not a hot commodity our senior year because I was a new girl that came to the school senior year where people didn't know me because I went to a private school? Mm-hmm. You was. And I, I slick was kind of riding that wave as well because I was the new kid from, from Memphis. A lot of people don't remember that, you know. A lot of people still think I'm from Springfield, and it's like, no, I just happened to graduate high school there. But, anywho, um, so yeah, so so our our relationship started off on a very good note. I know for me, in especially in college, like my freshman sophomore, um freshman sophomore year just the party aspects what kept us close yes we were together like all the time we were together all the time but i also was scared because i had graduated early from high school Mm -hmm. and i went to a community college but i was at a point where i was confused about my career Mm -hmm. and what i wanted to do so i said you know what let me take a a year off make real money mm-hmm. and then be out in the workforce and kind of get a better idea or sense of what I wanted to do. So I went through college through you mm-hmm. and I was so scared. I wasn't going to see you every day. So mm-hmm. I went to school with you. Yeah. And, and he eventually got to the point to where just to kind of let the people know listening, like we didn't really see each other as much. 
we kind of stopped hanging out. And that's where the adulting thing started. And I think it kind of blindsided both of us, which mm-hmm. is that it's like, holy shit, we really got to get out here and take care of ourselves now. We really got to have a job and have money. And I know for myself, I had no idea what I was doing. I still to this day am like, I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm just, you know, kind of figuring it out as we go on. But there was a period in time where we didn't really speak as much. And I know you had moved out of Springfield. I was still in school. I got, um, I started, my relationship took, went to another level, which. That made, uh, made things very difficult. Yeah. Very difficult for our, our relationship because like us being friends, like the fact that there were rumors already about us being together and us actually having a, a true intimate relationship when me and my first love were together, it made us maintaining a friendship more difficult. And then even when you moved out of, out of the town, it was like, like non-existent. Exactly. But, um, something that I definitely want to highlight, especially for this episode in this series is how we were able to come back together and it, felt like nothing had ever changed. Um, when do you remember that moment of it feeling like, oh, my best friend is back? There was two times this happened. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you reckon, remember that. But yeah, yeah. I, I th- that's something I, I definitely want to get into like for the episode because it's like adulting can hinder a friendship. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? But I think we... Now I think we've been able to find a balance. But let's talk about like when... We first like had those times where we were like separate and then we came back together. I would say the first time it's it was so long ago it's I can't really pinpoint exactly. It was early 2011, 2012. Nope, 2012, 2013 actually. That was the first time. Yeah, that we re- that was when we really reconnected a little bit. Because that was right before bit, I moved to I knew- um I moved back to Springfield. Right, and that was right before I moved to Miami. Exactly. So we were crossing paths, but like I remember you were selling things on Facebook because you were moving. Mm-hmm. And I bought your t- your awesome table and chairs. Thank you very much. That was a good deal. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I was happy to let it go. <laughs> but we reconnected like that day, went to go pick it up, and we hung out, and it's like time never passed by. Mm-hmm. We picked right back up where we were, but then I was sad that you were moving. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, like, should I move where he's moving? Which I always have this problem with you. Mm-hmm. Whatever you're doing, I want to do it, or I know that we'll get to this part, but we're always better when we're together. Mm-hmm. But you went to Miami, and I stayed in Springfield for a couple years, and then I left again. Mm-hmm. So that was the first time that I can think of. Yeah, I, I think and I think for me, I think something that's, that's important to for, for this show as well is to when you have somebody in your life that is genuine, that genuinely likes you as a human being and doesn't really want anything from you. They just like their presence. Their energy is true and pure. You're going to feel that. And, like, I remember when you did come in by the table and it was just like, oh, Bianca, like, I haven't seen you in forever. Like, how you been? And it just felt like old times. It, it didn't feel like it had been over a year since we had seen or spoken to each other. You know what I'm saying? And it wasn't awkward. Like, it wasn't awkward, yeah. Awkwardness. Mm-hmm. Like, 
And so for me, I remember that being one of the first time I was like, oh, okay. I remember we, us being very cool and shit like that. But um, I would say it was the time after I, when I finally finished grad school. Because I, I came back to Springfield a few times throughout grad school. And we hung out, you know, kind of connected. Social media at this time was kind of popping. So we stayed in touch via Facebook and all that good stuff. But after graduate school, when I moved back to Springfield, I didn't have a job or anything like that. And I was staying with my grandmother. It was during that time period for me that I really realized the value of our friendship. Yes. It was like, yeah, I, I think that it showed that not only are you a good person to be around, but that time really showed me that while you really gonna rock with me when times get hard you know what i'm saying i think that was the first time i won't say the first time i would say probably the most difficult time for me um and fellas just to kind of paint the picture a little more when i graduated i graduated in august of 2015 moved back to springfield and in november of that same year for my grandmother had a stroke and she was in the hospital and you being there for me during that time like I don't think I don't, I don't know how I'll ever be able to repay you for that it's just like but the support that you gave me like is one of the reasons why I'm still here so um something else I want to just highlight for this series is to talk about the times when Friends or friendship are needing to be there and just be that support. So from your perspective, what was it like to be there for me during that time when my grandma was in the hospital? I felt, I felt your pain. I felt your struggle that you were going through. And I felt, what would I, what would I want in that situation? Because if you're hurting, I'm hurting. Like I've told you before, I'm basically an empath. Mm-hmm. Especially when it comes to your emotions, I'm all over the place. Mm-hmm. Same. <laughs> but I also felt too because prior to that, you know, time with your grandmother, just a month before, I had my issue and you were there, where I got a cancer diagnosis, which turned out to be false. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just knew that you needed somebody there. Not saying I went through the same situation as you. But I know how it is to see a loved one suffer like that mm-hmm. and to feel alone, not not having someone to speak with. I mean, I was there with you. I know your fear of hospitals. I would take you up there. I'd ask you, do you want me to come inside? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I wouldn't say I walked in eggshells because that's not me. Mm-hmm. I get so involved in the situation. And I felt like it was my duty, my job to make sure that you were okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think this is a part of our. I I find myself using the term relationship, friendship, and and all those different terms for the people listening. But anybody you deal with, you have a relationship. That's kind of like the foundation of what it is. But during that time, it was the first time like adulting and being a full blown adult. Um, it kind of like we weren't around each other just because we wanted to hang out and have a good time. This is the first time that I had somebody. That was like my friend, which it was other people too, but you were there um, as well. That was 
like we weren't hanging out having a good time a lot of times you would come and pick me up and just drive me around while i cried <laughs> and smoked black and miles you know what i'm saying like because i couldn't physically or mentally handle being at the hospital um there were times when i just didn't want to be by myself because i was having very dark toxic thoughts um and the fact that you were there for me during those dark and devastating and de yeah just devastating times was it meant a lot to me you know and that was the first time we really I mean, even prior prior to that, it was, I remember when I found out that you were diagnosed with cancer and you told me that and it was just like, I was just like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. Like, are you serious? Like, do you want me to come see you? And you're like, no, my mom's here. And I was just like, caught now. And I felt like at a certain point, like I was kind of like bothering you a little too much <laughs> because like I was calling like every day and checking it because I was just really concerned. And it was like, um, that time after grad school was, was a difficult time for me. You know, personally, and I don't even think, well, I mean, now, you know, but at that time, I don't think you knew truly how dark of a space I was in. Obviously, I, I was able to sense it, but it's not something for me to say, hey, I know what kind of space you're in or mm -hmm. I know how you're feeling. That's a point in a friendship or relationship, like you stated, that you wait for the other person to say it because deep mm -hmm. down true best friends know things like that going on with one another you just have to wait until the other one actually vocalizes mm -hmm. it to you mm -hmm. yeah it was um yeah life after grad school was whew. i might have touched on that in a couple episodes but we're not gonna get too too deep into that so um i do want to um talk about like how what it was like to support me in my mental health challenges. Um, I've been open about, you know, being suicidal and things like that. And there were some moments that you were really there for me in those dark moments. And even now, like in the midst of this recording, I'm like, wow, she's really like, damn, you really didn't rock with me during, during some tough times. So talk to the people about what that was like and share anything that you want to share about that experience. I will definitely say it's a challenge. It's a challenge for your, myself to even see my best friend in that state, knowing that there's nothing I can really do to make that change. You know, I can't change you overnight. Like, okay, he's all better now. Mm -hmm. I have to constantly, it's, it's exhausting, but it's worth it because mm, I feel, how can I put it into better words without being all emotional? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, just keep it real. You know, no, what's my um, podcast about? Just say it, girl. Say it. Um, I mean, it sucked not being able to be there because during your mental health challenges and things you've encountered, once again, I moved away. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't there to do anything for you. I'm 13 hours away <laughs> from when you needed me the most. And I couldn't do it. I couldn't be there for you. And that hurt me so much inside, but... I made my way, made my way to be there for you. Um, Especially during I, the time that, um, like I'm saying, like specifically during the time that my grandma was in the hospital. Well, yeah, exactly. I'm just saying, cause at, up towards the end, that's when I moved. And you didn't want me to move, but I did. Oh yeah, I forgot <laughs> but, about that. Yeah, that's yes. true. And I never told you this. So the day of her passing, which you've probably mentioned on mm -hmm. an episode or so, yeah. the day that it falls on, 
I had ordered you a custom, like, telegram person dressed up in a suit with balloons for your birthday to come to your job at the time. It was like hell calling the company to cancel it, get rid of it, everything. And like, oh, it's somebody's already sent out. So I called my older sister, like, go there, stop them from delivering it, tear it, destroy the balloons. We don't need it. It's not a happy time right now. And I was crying to myself because I didn't want you to experience that, especially what was going on at the same time. Like, what the hell is this? Really? Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> I never told you that, but I was freaking out. And you know me. I freak out quite a bit. Yeah. But this was, like, above the top. Like, I called my mom. I called my sister. I'm like, I need someone to intercept this package, intercept this person, destroy everything. Like, so. But since I couldn't be there for you as well, I would tell my family. Like, naturally, my family would was there for you. They let mm-hmm. you know, like, hey, if you need anything, we're here. But just being able to be there to listen to you, even if it's on the phone or in person, to hear you out. There's been times that I watch you cry yourself to sleep, but I stayed there up until you woke back up. Because I didn't want you to have a sense of being alone. Mm-hmm. You're not in this alone. I'm here with you. I'm going to go through it as well. Um, and yeah. especially when you got more to the darker spaces as well. I would say, I would tell you, like, no, you're not doing that. Like, mm-hmm. I'd be kind of stern, but also give a delicate touch because I don't want to feel like I'm controlling you. Mm-hmm. I'm not your mom. I'm not your dad. I'm not going to be a person like, hey, you can't do this. But I wanted to let you know that I was there, what my viewpoints were on it, how I felt, and you're not the only person in the world going through the same thing. Mm-hmm. Other people have went through this and they thrived later mm-hmm. thrived and rise and need to be where they need to be yeah i think that um that has it's been you know something i i was literally just talking to my counselor the other day and i was like i have to constantly remind myself that i am loved and i do have people that arrive for me to the end of to the end of days you know mm-hmm. and i even think about how you know that time during my grandmother being in the hospital it really prepared us for later in when I, when did I move to Texas that was 2018 2019 around that time um, it was shortly after I quit my teaching job and you are one of two people you and King are, are the only two people that I really can I, I think reach out to for like emotional support when it comes to like my mental health and shit because y'all have literally sat beside me in the midst of my episodes you know what i'm saying and i remember the day that i called you and this is when i was living in atlanta and you had already come out here to visit and things like that um but i had just quit my teaching job and i don't remember what i said exactly like what do you recall from that moment like that conversation we had before i moved to texas to be honest I don't know. It happened all so fast. <laughs> I was excited because my best friend's going to be with me. That's all I kept thinking. But yes, you're not going to be working. I knew that was going to ha- you know, be on my mind as well. But I'm like, but I'm happy. I get to see my best friend. Like he gets to experience what I experience on a daily here in Texas, mm-hmm. in San Antonio. Remember the Alamo. Like, <laughs> 
So I was just excited because I wanted you to like experience what I was going through. Yeah, yeah. And so like that's why when I was going through my shit here, I was just like, I gotta get out of here. I gotta go. And you were like, Well, you can come here or you can go back home. You know, mom and dad will give you a place to stay. And I was like, Looks like I'm coming to Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Next thing I know, I'm packing my shit and I'm on the road to Texas. So, um what before we get into how we're actually family, um, I wanna I wanna like kinda get your idea. What do you think aside from us just being able to be around each other, enjoy each other's company and just coexist in the same space and not have any issues, what do you think is something that you value about our, our friendship? Our honesty. You said that quick. <laughs> I know, because that's what it is. Like there's not been one thing I have not told you. Or if I didn't like something that you did, I'd tell you. Yeah. We do have a very I mean, honest friendship. I mean, you did the same thing as well with me. Uh, I don't... I'm trying to think there's another thing. Honesty. And we're both alike, in a sense. In a we lot both of ways. want to make a difference in the world. Facts. That is something I've always looked by since I was a child. A young child, I wanted to make a difference in the world. And you're doing that now with this podcast. There's other things you have the blueprint for. You're ready to go to make a difference. Mm -hmm. And I'm proud of you that that's what you want to do. Thank you. (laughs) I'll try not to be too cheesy like how we really are when we're together. Yes. (laughs) Because it's like... I mean, that's the truth, and, like, you're very supportive of anything mm-hmm. I do and put my mind to, mm-hmm. and I appreciate that. And if it's something, like I said, with, it goes back to honesty. If it's a stupid idea, you're like, Bianca, no. <laughs> no, we're not doing that. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, that's definitely true. We are, we're very honest, and I, we're very supportive of each other. And we could just be like, I know, like, like, for example, like, for those of y'all that don't, well, they might not, I did think I might have mentioned the podcast, but I don't know. But, like, when I was just out there with you just recently, it was just, like, I didn't have to even think about myself, like, how I was carrying myself, how I was presenting myself. Like, I could just fully just be myself around you. Like, there's no reservations, no, no hesitations, nothing you don't know. Um, we know each other very, very, very well. Um... So let's let's move into this next topic, and then we're gonna have like two more that we're gonna uh, wrap up. But we eventually found out we were we were best friends for how long before we realized we was, before we found out we was cousins? Eleven years. Eleven years. We've been knowing each other for now. Let's see, sixteen. So it's like thirteen years. So yeah, we're thirteen. Yeah, this is like years. yeah, thirteen years. So this is like two years ago. You tell it better than I do. <laughs> Was it? No, it was three years ago because that's when I had my diagnosis that same year. It was at the, um, it was shortly after the 4th of July, yeah. Yeah, so 4th of July, my family has a big shindig every year. Well, not anymore, but (laughs) because of COVID. (laughs) But um, I invited Blake because Blake was in town. I'm like, oh my God, my best friend's going to be here. Like, cool. Like, because he's never attended a party, I don't think. You attended other family parties, but not like like holiday stuff, not like a yes, yes. So we're there. Um, We're 
actually sitting next to one of my cousins that I think you know via Facebook, Sienna. Mm-hmm. And we're, you know, talking about different things. And she mentioned, like, hey, Blake, we have a mutual friend mm-hmm. who happens to be your mother. Mm-hmm. Which she didn't know at the time that she had a son. Mm-hmm. She's like, well, you know, that's my cousin. Or, like, wait a minute, whoa. Hold on. Wait, whoa. what? Like, we're literally sitting there at this cookout, and we're, I'm just like, wait, you're telling me you're Bianca's cousin, right? Okay, so if you're Bianca's cousin, but now you're telling me that my mom is your cousin, and I remember we just kind of looked at each other, we're like... I think I had baked beans in my, like, on my spoon, <laughs> and I dropped it and turned, like, what? <laughs> Yo, that was the craziest moment. I'm just like, hold on. I remember just being like, yeah, we're going to have to really sit down and hash this out because you mean to tell me all this time we we family? Like, we're really, like, real-life cousins? Exactly. And I don't think it changed our relationship or friendship from Mm -hmm. there. But so when people ask, like, oh, y'all did? Like, no, we're actually family. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, it's helped us. (laughs) Yeah, it's helped us in in that department since then. It's like, no, this is really, like, my cousin. So, Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, I mean, and also thank God things that we did keep a very platonic relationship throughout our entire exactly. um, because oh my God, that would have been kind of ill. Not kind of that. That definitely would have been like oh. <laughs> okay, listen. Um, so let's so let's drop some gems on, on people as we wrap this up. B, what um. So we obviously have a lifelong, true, intimate friendship. There's something that, like, I don't care if I never, after, like, I could, we can end this recording and I could not talk to you for five years. And in five years, I'm going to see you, like, bestie, it's going to be, like, the same. So, what do you think, what do you look forward to, let's, let's phrase it like this, what do you look forward to in the future with our friendship? Success. What do you mean by Success. Exactly. <laughs> well, the S stands for um, no. <laughs> no success. We both have plans. We have goals, dreams. We have aspirations. And like currently, you're helping me on the track to make sure I fulfill one of my goals, which is to graduate. Mm-hmm. Yes, you guys, you heard it here first. I'm just now getting my bachelor's, only because life happened. And as I always tell her when she tries to say that, it's never too late. Exactly. But go ahead. Um, but you're really helping me get to the finish line. Mm-hmm. Um, your motivational words that you speak to me. You're helping me with my tutoring. Just to stay focused. But I know once I reach that finish line, it's like a domino effect. Then it's your turn for something else to happen. Mm-hmm. Where, like your podcast... I guarantee you it's going to grow so big. So, so, so big. Especially, I'm starting a podcast too, but I'm waiting till I graduate before mm-hmm. I actually launch because I have too much on my plate right now. Mm-hmm. But even with that, I eventually feel that we may live in the same state. I wouldn't say zip code. Mm-hmm. Well, I know the way, the way my life's going to be set up. I have property somewhere that, somewhere near you. That I can always go to, cause I don't, you know, I, you know me, I don't plan on just living in one place, having property in just one well, place. Well, same here, but you know, I'm settling down. 
So. Yeah, yeah, you're kind of you you're real comfortable out there in Texas. <laughs> well, yes, but that might change. We all know this, so yeah, that's that's fingers some... crossed. <laughs> um, so you're looking forward to our successes, um, sharing our successes together and continue to win. Um, what do you value about our friendship now as adults that you maybe didn't value when we first met? I would say the love and mm. the support. Mm. That's real. Cause I, that, I think that's a, that's, I'm glad you said that cause that's something I was going to say was that love and support is different as an adult. Than it was when we were high schoolers. Yeah, definitely. You know, like, like in the beginning of our friendship, it was more based on like us just hanging out, having a good time, and we didn't really share no, like, emotional and like seriously like deep stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like real life shit. Um, yeah. But now I think because we have this strong love and support of each other, it's not only. I would say it's required us to really look at each other in a much more, what's the term? I want to say holistic because it's like, I don't just look at you as just like my friend or my family member. It's like, this is like, you're like almost like a part of me. Like your wins are my wins. You know, I want to see you succeed just as much as I see myself succeed kind of thing. So something I'm one person, two different bodies. In a lot of ways, in a lot of ways. <laughs> I know for me, what I look forward to is continuing to evolve as people, continuing to create dope memories and being somebody that I could be like, yo, you remember way back when and this happened, that happened. Like, I look forward to like meeting your kids and telling your kids about <laughs> certain things about you, like before they were here and stuff like that. So... I think, like, as adults and having friends, it's hard to meet new people mm-hmm. and have new and forge new friendships. Even though, like, now I know my podcast has allowed me the opportunity to meet people who I know are going to be friends, but you're one of the people that's like, yo, you are already 13. Well, going, right. Exactly. You, they're already 13, 14 years in the game. So, and and like something we've mentioned before, too, I think another thing about friendship is when the adulting stuff starts to hit of course we're not gonna be able to hang out every day as much as we want and like you said you're 13 hours away but we text pretty much i would say at least if not every day at least every other day Mm -hmm. um facetime all the time and in, in the distance the times that we go without speaking it never feels intentional it's like it's not like I'm doing something mad at you. Right. First off, if I'm ever mad at you, you know, because I would tell you, like, I'm mad at you. I'll be like, girl, what I do? What would I do? <laughs> and then we hash it out right there. But it's right. never anything serious. It's just my little pettiness. Right, right. Um, Let's see. Uh, Yeah, I think, oh, wow. Look, we had almost 45 minutes. It doesn't even feel like it's been 45 minutes. <laughs> for those of y'all that don't know she's dancing on camera it's, it's... and i just dab i'm sorry tiktok has like taken over my life bro i fucking love tiktok like dude, so tiktok makes me feel so old but i love tiktok it's so mm-hmm. funny it's a form of entertainment um any questions you want to ask me um 
Anything anything you want me to bring out and share on my podcast that the people may not know, listen. I want you to be brutally honest because I want to know this and it'd be interesting for your listeners to hear this. When was my weakest moment you've ever witnessed with me? And it could be anything from the ranges of whatever. And I think I know what you're thinking, but I don't know. The weakest moment I've ever seen you in? Um... Like in a situation, how I felt, how I lowered myself, my standards or anything. Uh, or if you can't think of one, that's fine. I'll say I've seen I you. Swear. I've seen you down. I've seen you in low places. I've seen you go through things. Um, I would say, um, <laughs> uh, it's so much. Wow, I had a lot of low places. No, not like a lot of low places. <laughs> not like that, but um. I would probably say I remember the time when I found out about your about your cancer diagnosis and going through the health challenges that you've been through. I've seen you at some pretty low spaces. Um I think that was probably the first time I ever thought I was gonna die. Yeah, I remember being on FaceTime with you when you were in the hospital, and it was just like seeing a look in your face, like that did something to me. And I was like, "Yo, like," I remember I told you I was like, "I know we haven't been talking as much, or we don't talk every day," but I was like, "I really care about you," and I really, I remember crying because you were like, "Yeah, I don't know if I'm gonna make it," type shit. And I was like, "You know how emotional and sensitive I am," but it was just still like, "Yo, like this girl that I used to kick it with, party with, that was like my best friend." And now she's really is my best friend. And now she's about to die. It was just like, that was a moment when I really realized that, yo, like. And from that day forward until I got a different, you know, a second and third opinion, mm-hmm. we lived every day to the fullest. Yeah. We road tripped all the way to Houston, Texas. Yeah. Yeah, we did road trip down to Houston. We done. Thanks, Mom, for helping out with funds. <laughs> yeah um wow that was a good question we we've seen I, I think overall we've seen each other at some of our lowest points we've seen each other at some of our highest points and i know that when we talk about friendships and adulting that's key which is that you have to be willing to sit with somebody in their low you have to be willing to sit with somebody in their low and not take things personal to understand that this person is in a different space but when you truly love somebody and you value that friendship and what they bring to the table for you and what you bring to the table for them. And I know for us, the fact that we support each other um, in in more ways than we could probably express in, in a podcast. But that's what keeps us bonded as adults is just being supportive, um, knowing that, you know, like no matter what, I'm gonna take a position that leads to your best interest. Like it goes beyond just sharing time together and having a good time together. Like our relationship now is really about keeping each other motivated, encouraged, and supporting each other. So 
Yeah, yeah. Um, anything else you want, you want to ask me before we uh wrap this up? Anything else you want me to talk about as far as our friendship, what we've been through? I don't think so. I think we kind of covered. Yeah, we the, covered the, everything that's need to know. <laughs> everything need to know. Yeah, because we we know a whole lot about each other, and um. A whole lot of stuff that we're not going to talk about on this podcast. So, um, yeah. So, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is the um, first episode being recorded for the Friendships and Adulting series. Um, I thank you all for tuning in. I hope you all were able to... Um, you know, I'm going to do another outro because I forget, I keep forgetting that on my uh, podcast I'm doing segments. So, I'll do an outro segment. So, we're just going to wrap this up. something towards the closing? Yeah, go ahead. This is your time. What do you want to do? Okay. What do you want to say? Well, once again, my name is Bianca. We can go by Bianca Ray. And starting April of 2021, be on the lookout for my podcast, Faking Being Well, to discuss all invisible illnesses there is. Mm-hmm. Okay, Bianca, you better, you better plug your podcast in the future. All right, you did that. Okay, and I'm, I'm a business owner, too. Let's Right, let's yeah. Come, oh, yeah come, hold on, yeah, tell them about your business. Tell them about your business. All right. All right, guys, I am a creative individual. Uh, I have a company. If y'all can only see her face right now. (laughs) I have a company called B-Ray Creations. Um, I work with a lot of paper material, custom t-shirts, tumblers, and I also dabble in web design and graphic design. So you can always visit my website or follow me on Instagram or Facebook braycreations.com heard that also be sure you check the description box for any of that information as well um and ladies and gentlemen this has been another awesome diary entry um thank you all for listening thank you for tuning in um i'm pretty sure there's gonna be a little outro episode segment coming but again i haven't even launched season three yet y'all so if you're still listening to this know that this is a part of that process so thank you again thank you for listening thank you for tuning in and bianca um yeah we out deuces i'll probably edit that out Bye. I don't it was know. a pleasure <laughs> all right